When it comes to Podmeets World, we're synonymous with two things. Watching our younger selves on a TV show from 30 years ago and loving Hyundai. The first ever fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5. With up to 303-mile range, available two-way charging, and other category-defining features, the fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5 is one of the most teched-out electric vehicles ever. And as you know, we are tech heads. The standard ultra-fast charging capability gives you an 80% charge in just 18 minutes when using a 250-plus kilowatt DC fast charger. And with the available two-way charging, you can charge larger electronic equipment inside and outside the car, backyard or side yard. Hyundai, it's your journey. Learn more at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. 2024 Ionic 5 rear-wheel drive has an EPA-estimated driving range of up to 303 miles. Actual range will vary with options, driving conditions and habits, vehicle and batteries condition, and other factors. Available in limited quantities and select states only. This episode is brought to you by Huggies Little Movers. Listen, Huggies knows that babies come in all shapes and sizes, and so do their tushies. Especially when they start really moving. With Huggies Little Movers, you get their best-fitting diaper with its curved and stretchy fit. That's right. So no matter what kind of mover you've got, they'll feel protected and comfy while their little tushy wiggles and jiggles all around. Huggies Little Movers has curves designed to fit all baby curves and helps provide up to 12-hour protection against leaks. So make the switch to Huggies Little Movers today. We got you, baby. When I'm on my way to drop off the kids at school and I'm on about five hours of sleep and I haven't had my coffee yet, I'm truly one of a kind. Yeah, this sounds like the beginning of a horror movie. It is. But there is one thing I can do immediately to bring some comfort and calm to the situation and keep me moving forward. Eat Keebler Sandies. I like to think that if the good-looking guy was still around, sitting on the couch, comforting himself about not getting into college, he'd ditch the Cocoa Puffs and down some Keebler Sandies instead. Mixed with chocolate syrup? Ooh, why not? When you need a comforting moment for yourself, Keebler Sandies is the perfect treat to keep you going. Each Keebler Sandies shortbread cookie is baked to perfection by the Keebler Elves for a light sweetness and a texture that melts in your mouth. The next time you feel like you're juggling it all, reach for Keebler Sandies shortbread cookies to enjoy a simple moment of comfort. It's time to tell our Podmeets World listeners that if you're currently tuning in via headphones, it's time you take audio seriously and join the JLab family. JLab offers incredible sound for all of life's moments. It's tech done better. Consumers deserve better than the same old tech they've been stuck with. Instead of high price tags, everyone should have access to new innovations and products they actually want. So JLab thought, hey, why not do something about it? What are you waiting for? Get out there and join the JLab family. JLab.com. JLab your kind of tech. Welcome to Pod Meets World. We are doing a very special episode of questions and answers because you guys have been so thoughtful and sending us in your questions to podmeetsworldshow at gmail.com. And so let's jump into it. Is uh, So who came up with the name Topanga? Great question uh, and is a mystery of the show as far as I'm aware. Depends on who you ask, right? Mm-hmm. Well, but the correct answer is uh, it's a name of a canyon and a street. In right. The, so the, right, really named who inspired who, by. Right. Yeah. And but the idea is that that used to be like a big hippie new age hangout 
Still right. is. It still is kind of yeah, right. Still it's, is. It's, it's like a very sort of backwoodsy part of near where of, I live of of, uh, of L.A. So it made sense, you know. But yeah, Michael Jacobs tells one story, which is that he did it while driving. Yeah, that someone from freeway. someone called him to say we need a name for this character, and he happened to be on the 101 freeway at the Topanga Canyon exit, and he looked up and he said Topanga. Um, I called BS. I called BS on that. Yeah, and I, there's no way the convenience said, of the they, road and the road. Yeah. You know, it's just a good story. It's a funny well, yeah, story. He said but if, they, if they his 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 joke, he always says is, and if they had called funny. five minutes earlier, her name would have been White Oak. Oh, I so heard. I heard if they had called. I've I've heard if they had called two minutes uh, two minutes earlier, she would have been DeSoto. Oh, okay. So he's which are the oh, names of all the exits Winnetka. in a row. There, there you go. All the we just named all the exits in a row, people. Exactly. Um, but we've this also is a comedy heard, writer, so that's so the, I've, <laughs> I've heard Jeff Sherman. Yeah. I've heard uh, Michael Jacobs. I've heard now Bill Lawrence. Yeah, Bill yeah. Lawrence because Topanga Lawrence. So yeah, Bill Lawrence told me that his that Topanga's last name was Lawrence because of him. Yeah, which and yet doesn't I, quite work out as far as when he because sure. he did write an episode work. of our of our of our first season, but. Um, it seems like Topanga was already introduced by the time his script made it in. So yeah, right, but it's we talked mystery. about that. Her last name might not have been introduced. But he did by that. say Miss no, Lawrence Ms. in my Lawrence. episode. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So the so phew. so we don't know. It really is honestly, it's a mystery. It's it's um of my goals for the podcast. If I had to pick five of them on that list, would be to find out who named Topanga Lawrence yeah, and like get the important. get the story. I would love to yeah. know because I've never I've never important. fully known. Um, I thought this was a really funny question. Did you guys have strict bedtimes when you were a kid filming a TV show? (laughs) That's so interesting. No, I've thought about this actually a lot because I have have a pretty consistent bedtime with my kid. Like We're not super strict. So if like friends are over or going late, we go late. But I've ever since he was born, my wife and I've just like, he goes to bed at this time. He takes a nap at this time. And we try to be as regular as possible. And I've realized like my parents had no bedtimes my entire childhood. I would li- and I do remember falling asleep everywhere. Like I would just fall asleep in my shoes on the, and it's so exhausting as a parent. I can't believe they did that. Like we just go and go and go until we pass out. And I've never had a problem sleeping. So I guess it was fine for me, like mental health wise or sleep scheduling wise. But as a parent, like, I cherish the time my son goes to bed and my wife and I can, like, have a drink or watch a movie or just talk without a child there. It's, like, so essential to have, even if it's a half an hour of, like, grown-up time. Uh, So I can't believe my parents never did that. So, yeah, I never had bedtimes my entire childhood. Well, I know you were a little older. And, I was and, a little older. And uh, living yeah. with like a legal guardian in LA. Yes, so yes. you didn't, I'm assuming you did not have a bedtime? I did not. I had a bedtime growing up the entire time. And it was an early bedtime to the point where literally back East, I would be lying in my bed trying to sleep while it was still light out and I could yeah. hear the kids playing in the street. Thank you, mom and dad. <laughs> what time was yeah. it? Oh, it was probably like 730 yeah, you sound um, like Indy. He's always like, "Dad, it's still light," and I'm like, "Yeah, yeah because it's June." It's still, yeah, exactly. But like, it's, you hear I don't kid, care. That's always you when you'd hear out mask? your window. You'd hear out your window. They're like, "This is the most fun I've ever had in my life." Like I was like, "Oh man!" <laughs> so it's like stuff. But no, by the time we started the show, I was I was essentially living on my own. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think I had a strict bedtime, but it did like I did have a thing where it was like, OK, it's time for bed now. You have to go up to your room. I don't think they monitored whether or not I was like listening to music or, you know, I had headphones like I, I wasn't I, I don't think they were like, make sure you're asleep. Also, it really depended on what was going on that week, because as you guys have heard for the first season, for at least several of the episode, my mom was braiding my hair yeah. um, and I was oh, not boy, able to go to sleep until like 11 o'clock because I had Shh. I had hair braiding to have done. Um, um, 
And then obviously there were times too where in those in that first season where I was still terrified of losing my job. And so I was like rehearsing my lines and I still had homework, you know, like we get three hours of school per day on the set, but that didn't mean that I still didn't come home with schoolwork to do. And because I did go back to my regular school on our hiatus weeks, And as we've discussed, our schedules started on a Friday, which means when we had a hiatus week, it started on a Friday. And I would go back to Calabasas High School on Friday, which meant to the day I had to be caught up with all of my classes. If it was a test, I had to take that test. If it was like homework was turned in, I had to turn in that homework. So I don't remember there being like a strict bedtime, but there was definitely like, you need to go to your room now to go to bed. And then- Right, like close the door. Yeah, close out. the door. Or not lights out, but close the door. Calm down. <clears throat> yeah, time to calm right. down. And also give my parents exactly what you're talking about right or now as a parent. I am so um, not strict. I'm flexible with the schedule. Like you said, if people are over, Adler goes to bed a little bit later. Um, right. If, you know, if we have something going on that day that's big, Adler won't take a nap that day. Like, and he thankfully mm-hmm. is flexible and can adjust with that. But I- live for that moment that it's 730. Yep. And I think now is the time where I can put you in your room. And unlike you guys with the, you could still hear kids playing outside and it's light outside. Uh, my kids sleep in pitch black windows blacked out and very nice. loud white noise. They can't hear anything and they can't nice. see yeah. anything. It's, it's two o'clock in the morning. If you're in my kid's room, <laughs> no right. matter what. That's great. So, uh, and now I sleep with a bunch of white noise too. Cause now I've gotten used to it. Um, All day, every day, you guys are asking us, where can we see video of the podcast? And we have to tell you, we don't have video of the podcast. Well, guess what? I'm here to tell you that we are doing our first ever live show. That's right. We are taking this podcast to the stage. You can catch us on October 22nd at the Magnolia in El Cajon, California. Presale tickets are available now with code Chubbies, C-H-U-B-B-Y-S. General sale tickets go on sale Friday, August 26th at 10 a.m. Pacific time. And you can also get your tickets available at Ticketmaster.com. Come see us. It'll be a blast. Okay. <laughs> Loved this question too. Why in the world were the monkeys on the show? <laughs> I think the proper answer is why not? Yeah. If you uh, can get a monkey. Yeah. No, it was, no, actually, uh, was it Sherman, right? Yeah. yeah. Jeff Sherman was friends with Sherman Mickey Dolan's? Jeff, Jeff Sherman, who is one of our writer producers, his I think his one of his closest, longest closest friends is Mickey Dolan's. Who yeah. was obviously one of the members of the monkeys. So when you're when you're in with one monkey, you're in with all the monkeys, <laughs> as they say. Yeah. And uh, they were all on except for Mike Nesmith, who then came to if I if I understood the story, um, the episode where so they they came on first sporadically, where I think in the first season Rusty's old band comes back and um, Peter Tork comes on for the first time ever, um, and he was the Wait, first no, Peter monkey. Tork was Peter Tork played- was my dad. Right, but, that, but he started that. as a guest cast on Boy. He did not start. At, it, it, did he start as Jedediah? Was he always yeah. your dad? I well, no, I had three dads, but but right. I think he was the first. I don't he was think the first he, one, and I don't two. think he was <clears throat> the he was on first as part of the band, and then also my dad. Okay, so I'm pretty sure. So so somebody has to check this out. I could be wrong. Because again, we haven't seen this forever. We, but, are you talking about when they play Chubbies? No, no, no. That's when all the monkeys came on. Right. Except so for wait, one. So there There's was, still there one who never Mike will Nesmith. do anything Mike with Mike Nesmith never came on. Um, but he showed up to the taping and then wanted to be put in. And Michael was like, well, we can't now put you in. Like, we're literally taping that in front of an audience. That is not true. Where did you That's hear that story? Do you from, remember him being there? Oh, yeah. Oh, no. I know he was there. I spoke with him. I actually, really? I actually talked to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he was there with a big bushy beard and a hat. 
um, and apparently asked to to he's like he saw everybody there. He's like, all right, so I'll go. I guess I'll go on. And Michael's like, well, now we can't can't do that. Um, so no, he was there. No, we did an episode where Rusty was in a band, hmm. and his old band was getting back together, and it was. Um, I don't remember the man's name. The guitarist from Cheap Trick. Oh, yeah. Was one of them. Um, I want to say one of the monkeys was, I thought Peter Tork was in the band. Um, I have no recollection of this. So. And and so it's like Rusty Prick picks up his guitar. Because one of the reasons I remember Rick it is Nielsen? Because, Rick, Rick Nielsen? Rick Nielsen, is that? Mm-hmm. Okay. So the tag is then Rusty hands Eric the guitar and says, here, what can you do with this? And they play oh, a riff right. and it's and like, Eric's amazing. And then you throw it aside. That's right. I remember that beat. Yeah. So that was that, that I, th- I want to say Peter Tor. So what it was, cause he comes on, he came on a couple times, but maybe he was always Jedediah, but I thought he jammed with Rusty's band or something like that. I thought so that was the first I, time. I, we'll know when we get to it, but I don't, cause exactly. I don't remember that. But the, exactly. I guess the real, the short answer to the question is Jeff Sherman. Yeah. One of yeah. our writers and producers was very close with Mickey Dolan. And then Mickey came on and directed an episode, and which wasn't that first episode that they were on. No, oh, no, no, no. He that directed wasn't until he, season like seven. Like season seven. Yeah, yeah, six, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow, the really? One, the one with the, yeah. I'll never the forget bee. that. The one with the bee. Yep. Uh, the brain and a jar and a bee. Yep. It's an absurd How come I feel like I wasn't there? I must you have been. You might not have been. <clears throat> season seven? No. Yeah, you were, no, you were you definitely were in the episode. I think for a number of reasons, we've blocked that episode out. We'll, we'll talk about that four years <laughs> okay. from now. Four years from now yes. when we get there. Okay. <laughs> um, there were a lot of wrestlers on Boy Meets World. What was yeah. the connection there? And I can safely say that was Mark Blutman. Is yep. that what it was? Was Mark? Yeah. Uh, as far as I understand it, he did, he, when he started in stand up in Canada, uh, one of his main bits was to be a wrestler character. Like he would, ha- he create, right? Isn't that it, Danielle? Yeah. And so because he became sort of popular within com- com- comedy circles as a like wrestler comedian. And, um, he also and so he was created this character. Very into wrestling. He liked it. Yeah. He knew a lot about it. He followed it. He, he's been a wrestling fan for most hmm. of his life. I right. did not know that that was the connection to wrestling. Interesting. Yeah. We had some awesome incredibly nice men on the show that were wrestlers. I mean, Vader and Mick Foley. I still see Mick. Um, And he still comes over and throws his arm around me and puts me in a headlock every time I see him. Um, (laughs) Just the nicest people in Vader, rest in peace, was just so sweet and so Mm -hmm. easy to work with. And yeah, great men. Uh, so someone wanted to know if it was true that Danielle and Ben would eat smelly things in the later seasons as a prank for each other when they had to kiss. Is that true? I wouldn't necessarily call it a prank. <laughs> I would say that Ben would regularly tortured. eat locks. He'd bagels eat and locks bagels and onions. Bagels and locks and, and, locks and onions. And onions. Oh, yeah. I remember that from having to work with him. <laughs> yeah, I didn't have to kiss him. <laughs> and, Every day. and I would say, do we need to do that on the days <laughs> when we have to kiss? Is it possible that maybe... There's just sometimes we could skip that breakfast, and wow. he thought the answer is no. And so I don't know that I would call it a prank. Uh, I think it's just, you know, Torture. at that point, we, by seven seasons in, we were very, very comfortable with each other as far as, you know, kissing and what our jobs were as far as that was concerned. And it was never a big deal. It wasn't like I ever was actually upset about it or anything. It was more just like a real married situation where you kind of go, did you have to eat the locks? (laughs) Um, 
<laughs> so oh, that's funny. That that was that. And I mean, I don't remember it that I had any I think I was perfect. And um so I don't I think I did. Like I, a mint exactly. Roses. I don't think I did, but you know, um I, you know, I wish Ben were here to correct me, but I, I don't know. Maybe I did and I don't remember it. I'm definitely not going on record saying I never did it. Maybe I did, but That's I really just though. remember, I remember the locks personally. <laughs> um, were there any off-screen romances or crushes? I'll go first. I had a crush on Ryder. <gasps> That's not true. It is too true. What? I did. That's I, not true. You've never told me that. I had a crush on you. not true. I had a crush on you. Wow. What? You uh-huh. saved that for 30 years? <laughs> so going oh, back a few, uh, I was I your first celebrity crush. <laughs> wow. So JTT and me, you really had the teen magazine thing covered all the way through the 90s. I really did. I really did. Uh, yeah, when I did. When did it start, I Danielle? I think it started in maybe later in season one and definitely through season two. Wow. Um, and yeah, I did. I had a crush on Ryder and I don't know, he was so smart and he was, you know what? One of the, my favorite things about Ryder and it still stands to this day, Ryder is very effusive. Like he will tell you how he feels Yeah, and he's very free with his compliments, but he doesn't, he doesn't throw them out willy nilly. When Ryder compliments you, it is thoughtful. It has meaning and you can tell he's like, he's, th- it's, n- it's, it's coming from a very real place. And when Ryder and I really connected, like I think when I first started Boy Meets World, Ryder was probably annoyed by me. I think I was like a stereotypical LA girl yeah. to him. Talking about my LA hatred. Yeah, yeah no, he hated you, LA. You seemed, I would have assumed you were like a Valley girl, even though you mean you, I, th- I guess you did live in the Valley at that. I point. did. I lived like in the Valley. Up there, but no, yeah. I, I hadn't grown up in the Valley, but I did live there at that time, and I do think you probably right. were like a little like eye rolly about me. But then, yeah, sorry. It's okay. Oh. Sorry, sorry. It took you 30 years to apologize for that, Ryder. Sorry. Um, but yeah. then we did. We we actually ended up forming a very nice, um, deep friendship. And we had uh, very, like, uh, meaningful conversations about whatever mm-hmm. was going on in our lives. And I just remember, like, Ryder and I were in an acting class together for a while. Mm-hmm. And I remember getting, like, a real, very real compliment from Ryder, like, you, my friend, are doing really incredible work. And then feeling like, oh my God, I love you. Um, And I think I told you, I found a diary that I wrote for like three months of us being on Boy Meets World. Will also found a diary and I found my diary and I was reading it and it was so embarrassing because I would end the diary with like, P.S. I love. And then there's like four people I loved. (laughs) And writer, <laughs> writer was one of them. I made the list at one he point. Made the list. Oh yes, I love that. Yeah, oh, so I did have an on. I you did have heard a crush it here on first, writer. <laughs> wow, I know this is not new. even fans. You heard it here first, writer. Yeah, because I've heard the story. Didn't you and Ben like try and go on a date at one point or yes, something? But I get, That's the story I've always heard. Well, yes, and it was, but that story got misconstrued. It, it was like we went on like a real date. It was really truthfully. There was a moment where at some point, I think it was probably season three or four. I think we could drive at the time. So we must have been, one of us must have been 16, but maybe even not because I don't remember being in the car together. I just remember that we like looked at each other after all these weeks of playing boyfriend and girlfriend and all the kissing and just kind of like, I don't even remember how the conversation happened, but it was like, should we just go to dinner? One night, like, let's just go to dinner, just the two of us, which we had not 
really ever done. And so we did, we went to dinner and it was very quickly into the restaurant meal that we realized like, this is a hard boundary to jump. Like, yeah, I've known you for now a long time. I feel like we're just being our jokey, friendly selves, but now in a restaurant where there's like this pressure of like, do I like you? And so it was very obvious that no, what we had was just this very fun, non-romantic, um, something I would consider more than a friendship, something shared history with someone that's more than friendship, but not at all romantic. And that it was going to be an undefinable type of relationship where I've kissed this person more times than maybe I've kissed anyone else or will ever kiss anyone else. And yet we are never going to turn it into something romantic. It's just going to be a deep, a deep respect and friendship that, that will be unexplainable to most people. Mm. I, I never had a crush. I mean, you guys were all so much younger than me. I mean, I was usually dating somebody. I, ha- I mean, of the- You did date Nikki Cox from the show. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but I mean, like- For a moment. I, 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 of like regular cast, there was no like romance behind the scenes or any of that kind yeah. of stuff for me. I mean, again, I, I dated Nikki. I dated Jenna Vonoy mm-hmm. for a little while. And then I was with Love for two years. I was with my girlfriend in Canada for two years. So I was like, I was with people for- a while of the show and yeah it just wasn't no I, again i was i was in a very i had a very different boy, boy meets world experience and it like i i love hearing you guys talking about like riding in the car together and when you guys i mean i never did that with any of you because yeah. i was like i was older yeah. so it was i was i was right in the middle i was too young to hang out with betsy and rusty and their friends and too old to kind of hang out with you guys so i was kind of in lost a little bit in the in the center there um, but I always, you know, I had a girlfriend and I had a very small group of friends and would usually hang out with them. So yeah, there was never kind of any romance stuff for me. I was always in a relationship. I, you know, I started the show with a girlfriend. I think I've talked about on this show, on this podcast. Um, and I was always miserable. I was always, cause I was always missing her. I was like, just so full of self-loathing and angst and god i look back i'm like cheer up kid uh yeah <laughs> oh, so i spent because we were together sean i know i guess so yeah so i i had a girl from in my hometown you know that i had met in third grade that i was in love with um all the way and we were together from like 13 till 16 i think and then um i dated rachel who i met on the set of boy meets world and she came to a tape night rachel lee cook um and we dated for Wait, you met know, like her a year the, and a half. You met her. David on the Combs set? brought her. Yeah, because David Combs had been her studio teacher on um, Tom and Huck with J with John and oh, JTT. Okay, so oh, I didn't know you met her on the set. Interesting. I met Rachel when David Combs brought her to a tape night, and it was the same that whole that same night. It was an episode that Mina Savari was guest starring, and I had spent the whole week flirting with Mina Savari. Um, we'd never, you know, hooked up or anything, but I was so in love with her. And then Rachel showed up and like, then we, that was started. it. I just, yeah, do you want to hear something crazy about Mina Savari? I don't know why, but right when you said you did an episode with her, I remember exactly her dialogue from the episode. She's like a bouncer or something at a door. No, she's she, a friend. She? She's a friend who comes in and somebody says, Oh, he's, I don't I know. No, I have no idea what this context is. I don't know what it means or why, but Somebody says either about you or Corey, oh, I want you to meet the boy who spits water. And she says, a boy who spits water? Why does he spit water? 
Oh my god! Wow, I, I have no I, idea what that means, <laughs> what context it's in, but I distinctly we should her remember to, her saying. We should that. get Mina to come onto our show. Um, she she would because she. I, 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 I ran her into her. Long, I ran into her, and she like year, you know years later, she was like, "Oh my god, it's so good to see you." Gave me a big. <laughs> oh, she, like, oh, you do remember being on her show occasionally? Yeah, know. she loved yeah. being on our oh, show. Oh man, She's we should definitely have nice. her on. Yeah, but yeah, so I was always in a relationship because after so I really wasn't single on the set of Boy Meets World until I was like seventeen. Um, and you were and, yeah. single for like three weeks. You were you are yeah. a serial I'm monogamous. A monogamous. You always have been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I um, the only person on the show I ever had a romantic relationship with was Matthew Lawrence. I then did date Matthew Lawrence while we were on the show in I don't know what season that was. Maybe season six. You guys kept that mm-hmm. pretty quiet though. We did not want people. We did not yeah. want it to be a yeah. big deal I had no idea on set. Until way later. Yeah, we didn't want it to I be knew, a big deal was, on set. Yeah, you kept. I it went very to his quiet. prom. Our moms were friends. It was cute. Yeah. yeah. Matt's a good, Maddie's a good kid. When it comes to Pod Meets World, we're synonymous with two things. Watching our younger selves on a TV show from 30 years ago and loving Hyundai. If we could, we would take Hyundai to prom. Technically, Hyundai is more visible on this show than Topanga. The first ever fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5. With up to a 303-mile range, available two-way charging, and other category-defining features, the fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5 is one of the most teched-out electric vehicles ever. Say teched-out again. Nope, that was a one-time show. Snooze, you lose. Well, either way, the Hyundai Ionic 5 is a tech-forward electric SUV. The standard ultra-fast charging capability gives you an 80% charge in just 18 minutes when using a 250-plus kilowatt DC fast charger. So that means your car won't die out like the Matthews family vehicle on New Year's Eve, forcing you to miss out on kissing supermodel Rebecca Alexa in front of all of Philadelphia. And with available two-way charging, you can charge larger electronic equipment inside and outside the car. Backyard or side yard. Hyundai, it's your journey. Learn more at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. 2024 Ionic 5 rear-wheel drive has an EPA-estimated driving range of up to 303 miles. Actual range will vary with options, driving conditions and habits, vehicle and batteries condition, and other factors. Available in limited quantities and select states only. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, Jewelry that makes you look like the gem. Or sneakers and streetwear so fresh, every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by the experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. As a podcast focus on reliving memories from our past, I can tell you firsthand, as you get older, your memory just isn't as reliable as it used to be. 
Yeah, if we didn't have Will here, there would be a lot of dead air. <laughs> that is true, Robert. Well, guys, since I know you need a little help, you're going to love Legacy Box. It's the safest way to digitize your home videos and pictures, even when you think you don't have a way to watch them anymore. Oh, this is perfect, especially with Mother's Day right around the corner. It really is the perfect gift for the whole family, whether it's a sweet 16 or college graduation. First steps or performing a Backstreet Boys dance in between scenes on your childhood network sitcom. This is the way to reconnect with your history. The process is so easy. You just fill your legacy box with old VHS or camcorder tapes, pictures, negatives, film reels. I mean, they even work with over 15 different types of analog media, so they have you covered. Then you just send the box back and their team professionally digitizes everything by hand in the U.S. And you'll get it all back on the cloud or on a thumb drive along with your originals. I recently sent off my first box to Legacy Box and I got into my old storage unit and found about 40 tapes, all different media. And I was able to label each one and send it off. I cannot wait to see what these tapes hold. Jensen and I also recently got some of his home videos digitized and being able to hear his parents' voices again has been a real gift. So join over 1.5 million families that have trusted Legacy Box with their memories. Go to LegacyBox.com slash world to save 60% during their best Mother's Day sale ever. It's time to connect with your past and make sure those memories are preserved properly. That's LegacyBox.com slash world. Summer is steadily approaching and you know what that means. Wearing a shirt at the beach so I don't look like a sad radish for the entire vacation. Okay, maybe. Being thirsty? Yes, Ryder, you got it. It is time to go outside and bask in the glory that is sunshine with barbecues and hikes and trips to exotic locations. With your shirt on? Yes, with your shirt on. It is time to jump into a camper van with your son and your wife and... Torture everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Well, with all these summer activities, it's so important that you stay hydrated. And we're here to tell you all about Liquid IV. It has three times the electrolytes of the leading sports drink, plus eight vitamins and nutrients in a single stick. It's clear why Liquid IV is the number one powdered hydration brand in America. You just rip open a packet and pour it into your water and bam, you're hydrating with electrolytes, essential vitamins, and clinically tested nutrients. But most importantly, it tastes good. It's so easy and perfect after a workout, which I do to replenish after a nice long run. And you can travel with Liquid IV right there in your pocket. Add it to a water on a flight or after a big night when you need just a little assistance to get up in the morning. Tear, pour, live more. One stick plus 16 ounces of water hydrates better than water alone. And with sugar-free flavors like white peach, green grape, raspberry melon, and lemon lime, you can't miss. Turn your ordinary water into extraordinary hydration with Liquid IV. Get 20% off your first order of Liquid IV when you go to liquidiv.com and use the code WORLD at checkout. That's 20% off your first order when you shop Better Hydration today using promo code WORLD at liquidiv.com. Um, did you guys get into arguments like siblings because you were basically playing a family? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, we did. Absolutely. Yes. And and not only that, but we were also a family that didn't shy away from political debates. So Mm -hmm. there were lots of heated political debates. There were religious debates even on our show, like outward. And, uh, you know, I always felt positive about it. I'm not sure if everybody feels as positive about it, but like, I remember enjoying that. I remember enjoying the tough, like the, you know, um, I think I needed my, I needed to be toughened, like my skin needed to be toughened a little bit. And I remember, Will, you really like sort of teaching me, because I grew up in a family where we never insulted each other. Like it was the most earnest family in the world. My mom to this day does not, like cannot 
do a sarcastic voice and she doesn't read sarcasm. It's like, it's just, she's so earnest. And, you know, like we never said shut up or any, any of those sort of, you know, but the idea that you would like jab each other or like make fun of each other or tease each other yeah. was something I did not get introduced to until Boy Meets World. And I remember you ex- explaining that to me, like, it's okay. Like, it's okay that you can tease each other and make fun of each other. And it doesn't, it shouldn't destroy you. You know, it should, you should be able to bounce back from that and tease back. And that can be a form of affection. And I, that, I really learned that on the set of Boy. Uh, but yeah, but then we also would get really into some intense debates. We still do. Will and I especially still do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've been at many a dinner with Will and Ryder <laughs> with debates. And I'm like, guys, guys, I really, I see both sides here. I and What I think Will is trying to say, well, Ryder, what I think, and I end up playing that role where I try to explain yeah. what I think the other one is trying to yeah. say. I um, love it, though, because I think, and I, I don't think I'm, I, I mean, in, in, intelligence is certainly one thing. And that's, you know, you can debate however you want to, but Ryder, you are certainly far more educated than I am. So every time that I debate you or we have kind of a conversation like that, I always feel like I have to step up to try to get to your level. So it makes me better at doing that. Here's what, here, here, you know what, we've, we've actually pinpointed this difference relatively recently. I absorb news only by reading. I do not watch news. I do not, whereas you get your news by watching mostly yeah. right like prime, yeah. Yeah. and so like we now were I able to pinpoint all, we were to, able yeah. to pinpoint that difference is like yeah. you know because like, i ha- i have this experience where i'll i'll i've been reading about a political figure for instance for years but i've never seen their picture so i don't even know what they look like because i believe in the news as purely text based uh, whereas you you know watch news channels and so that alone creates a different type of education you know sure. we come we even if we're talking about the same subject we're going to have completely different interpretations of it sure. based on our source material yeah. yeah, and no, I yeah. just stopped. I, I, you know, I tried to watch everything. I would try, you know, people were like, you watch Fox News? Like, yeah, I watch Fox and MSNBC and, and CNN. Like, I want How to get you, every oh, possible so side of it. inducing for me. And then after a while, I went, now I don't want to watch anything. And it's been a good year or two where it's like, I just don't, I don't turn the news on. I just can't. Yeah. I can't do it anymore. I needed a break. And Ryder also, like, the difference, too, is, like, Ryder really believes in acting locally. You're involved in, like, your school board, and yeah, you yeah. you get very involved. And um, I've always respected that about you, that you're like, no, I can affect change. One person can mm-hmm. affect change. And if it's one person, and then you get your neighbor and, um, you know, the yeah. people around you, you can really, though, the, making a difference on a local level is sometimes Absolutely. way more important than trying to do it yeah. on, like, a global level. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, 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 I did appreciate that about our sets, even though I probably didn't jump in. I didn't grow up in a a family that talked about politics a whole lot or, um, you know, certainly not openly. My parents may have, but they didn't, we didn't talk about it with us as kids. And so I mm-hmm. was more like reserved and probably thinking like my opinion doesn't mean anything and I don't necessarily know what my opinion is. So I'm just going to stay quiet. Um, but yeah, I do remember those discussions. They're I especially great. remember religious discussions. Religion yeah. was yeah, we had big. a lot of religious discussion. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. because we, well, we, we had some religious people on our set and, we, and, ran and then the, everything ran in between. The, yeah, the it gamut. ran the whole the whole spectrum of yeah. spiritual but not religious to atheist and everything in between. And very religious. Yeah, religious, and very religious. And different every, types of religion, religious, too. Atheist we had and everything Judaism, is what I meant. Yeah. Christianity. It was yeah. like, you know. Yeah. We, we, were, we represented everything and we all, all of us were opinionated and we all liked each other. So we all, ta- you know, would talk about it. And yeah, of course, that always, I mean, everybody listening to this podcast has been around the dinner table and genuinely loving people and still in that moment you hate them and you argue with them and you do this i mean that's how we were we that's what we were like both my parents are lawyers so we had to learn how to argue growing up we just 
did. Um, and again, there's times on the set, like you talked about the teasing, there's times where that got us into trouble. You know, there's mm -hmm. times where you would tease somebody who didn't know you were teasing them and right. feelings it, get hurt. Feelings yeah. get hurt. And we talk about that and we go, you know, there's, you know, it's certainly toughened up. I, I certainly got toughened up a lot by a, a lot of your arguments. I mean, we've talked about this and I'm not going to get into any specifics, uh, certainly, but there's two major um, uh, political ideologies in my life. Yeah, yeah the, the two two issues that Ryder completely changed my mind on. And I mean completely changed my mind on from one side of the argument literally to the other side of the argument. And it's because he made a better argument. Uh, you know, we we sat there and we talked it out. We yelled it out. We did everything. And at the end of the day, I had to look at myself and go, no, he's right. Like he changed my mind. And that's, uh, I think that's important too. When you're open yeah. to, yeah. if you're just sure yelling at each other, it doesn't matter. But if you're open right. to actual change, then it yeah. is a discussion. And I, yeah. I always look back at that. Like, no, those two things, he completely changed my mind on. So it happens. Hmm. Interesting. I want. I think I know what those two things are, but I. I, I, I <laughs> um, okay. What '90s shows did were we watching? Were you guys watching any other '90s shows at the time while we were on a '90s show? No. Oh, I was. I got one right off the bat that was addicted to, especially with my roommate Spencer at the time. We would get Taco Bell and we would watch Melrose Place like oh, addictively. That's right. You were a Melrose Place fan. Oh, I remember dude. that. Addictively. I've never he seen a single Fox episode at the time. So, so he would get occasionally get an episode early or and we would just, oh man, Taco Bell and and Melrose Place and just sitting there that's like, hysterical. "Oh, I hate these people." Oh, it was great. It was awesome. I watched X-Files with my family. It was um oh, yeah. it was appointment TV for my family to watch X-Files. And then I, I did watch at least for those first couple of seasons, I did watch the TGIF block. Like Family okay. Matters would start at 8 p.m. and then Boy Meets World came on at 8:30. Sabrina was on after us and then I don't remember what ended the block, but I would watch the block. Hanging with Mr. Cooper? Maybe at 9:30? Could that have been could that Yeah, Hanging with Mr. One? Cooper was after us, I feel like. I think okay. so. I never watched any of the other TGIF shows. I watched our show from 8.30 to 9 once a week, and, like, that was it. Mm. I also watched Seinfeld. Way to support. But not till Will. later. I know. <laughs> Terrible support. You didn't watch Seinfeld when it was on? You watched it later? No, I watched it later. I found it later, yeah. and my wife was addicted to it and really got me into it. I, I didn't discover Seinfeld or Friends until in the early aughts. And me then too. I remember I was in, I was in, you know, I didn't watch television. So, for me, it was always movies, and I didn't really get into television until... Netflix wasn't around because then I could get the, the DVDs because then I would watch it because I never even had cable. Oh, that's right. When they're mailed to your house. That's right. Yeah. So that's when I that's when I caught up on like a lot of shows like Friends. Um, but and then I also watched um, Sopranos, of course. And like right. that's when I, and it was, so it was all DVD related. I never watched anything on, on television. Hmm. When it comes to Pod Meets World, we're synonymous with two things. Watching our younger selves on a TV show from 30 years ago and loving Hyundai. If we could, we would take Hyundai to prom. Technically, Hyundai is more visible on this show than Topanga. The first ever fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5. With up to a 303-mile range, available two-way charging, and other category-defining features, the fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5 is one of the most teched-out electric vehicles ever. Say teched-out again. Nope, that was a one-time show. Snooze, you lose. Well, either way, the Hyundai Ioniq 5 is a tech Ford electric SUV. The standard ultra-fast charging capability gives you an 80% charge in just 18 minutes when using a 250-plus kilowatt DC fast charger. So that means your car won't die out like the Matthews family vehicle on New Year's Eve, forcing you to miss out on kissing supermodel Rebecca Alexa in front of all of Philadelphia. 
And with available two-way charging, you can charge larger electronic equipment inside and outside the car. Backyard or side yard. Hyundai, it's your journey. Learn more at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. 2024 Ionic 5 rear-wheel drive has an EPA-estimated driving range of up to 303 miles. Actual range will vary with options, driving conditions and habits, vehicle and batteries condition, and other factors. Available in limited quantities and select states only. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, Jewelry that makes you look like the gem. Or sneakers and streetwear so fresh, every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by the experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. This episode is brought to you by Huggies Little Movers. Listen, Huggies knows that babies come in all shapes and sizes, and so do their tushies. Especially when they start really moving. With Huggies Little Movers, you get their best-fitting diaper with its curved and stretchy fit. That's right. So no matter what kind of mover you've got, they'll feel protected and comfy while their little tushy wiggles and jiggles all around. Huggies Little Movers has curves designed to fit all baby curves and helps provide up to 12-hour protection against leaks. So make the switch to Huggies Little Movers today. We got you, baby. What if there was someone who wanted to help you find a job? Not a website, but a person in your community that would help you for free. Choose Express Employment Professionals, and that's exactly what you'll get. Express Employment Professionals is the local jobs expert you can trust, and they never charge a fee to help with your job search. Go to ExpressPros.com to find the office near you or download the Express Jobs app to get started. With a wide range of opportunities in a variety of industries, from welding to sales, forklift operator to customer service, the team at Express is ready to help you or someone you know take the next career step. Whether you're looking for a contract job for the summer or a new full-time role, turn to Express Employment. Interviewing with Express Employment professionals can be as easy as a phone call. And one application with Express puts you in the running for numerous opportunities in your community. Don't go in your job search alone. Visit ExpressPros.com today. Okay, here's a good one. Was anyone ever injured on set? I was. Oh, yeah. I was too. Wait, Ryder, were you ever injured? Were you ever injured? No, you mean like, no. We can talk about my ingrown toenail and being on Vicodin (laughs) during a scene, but that wasn't an injury because of the show. That was just me. Ryder on Vicodin is awesome. No, I'm trying (laughs) I think... I mean, all, all, all I can remember is Ben when it, the roller coaster. Yeah, um, that I was that. awful. I what mean, happened? That was, oh, oh, were you not oh, there? Were you not there for the roller there? coaster incident? That famous Ooh. scene. I think it was in the opening credits on the second season, so people might remember. There's an episode where Ben is riding a roller coaster, and it With just Feeny. goes down. It 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 ends, and like it just goes down. But whatever the way they had designed it, it had a thing right in front of his crotch. So when it stopped, he went right into it. 
And it was um, rehearsal. Had, he rehearsal ended up having to go to the hospital. I think yeah. it was terrifying. I mean, it was probably the most painful experience he had ever experienced. Uh, yeah, um, oh my god! And I, I was there for it. it Me was too. Awful. He was genuinely hurt, and it was like it was during yeah. run through. So everybody, like the whole, oh, is like that what the, it was? I yes, thought it was the producer. Rehearsal. So oh, we had god. rehearsed rehearsed getting in and out of the roller coaster because remember if the episode if i remember the episode correctly like uh cory and i forget i think cory and feeney get eric and turner to to ride this roller coaster and they keep getting really sick and then we do something to to turn the tides and it turns out being feeney and and Corey, and he's in the yeah. front and so we'd rehearsed and rehearsed and rehearsed and then for run through it just goes down this little ramp like at the end like this tiny little ramp like you're ending a roller coaster ride and they hadn't had the seatbelt secure so it was just Ben kind of holding on and the centrifugal force obviously threw him forward into this this board that was right between, right his, between his, his legs, legs. Oh, um God. and I can still see him writhing in pain I mean it was like he was hurt yeah. Uh, and they, yeah, took him off to the hospital and, and everything else. That was, that that's was the only injury I remember. And that obviously wasn't even me. So I don't think I ever got hurt. Wh- when did you get hurt guys? Mine Danielle? was, was very <laughs> silly, but remember the subway episode where it's like a new year's mm-hmm. Eve. New where year's we get Eve. Trapped? Yep. Yeah. There was yep. a piece of metal that was very sharp and was sticking out along one of the, um, one of the seats, like from under the seat. And Oof. during a run through, I walked alongside the the seat to get to my next blocking and it completely slit open my shin. Oh, um, awful. And of course it was during a run through. So I was like, don't do anything now. Just suck it up. And then the minute the scene was over, I looked down and I just had blood pouring oh, down my leg. Oh my God. Um, you kept going. I did. I, I kept going. I didn't say did. anything to anybody. I was like, nope, not going to even ignite. Didn't even wince. Was just like, keep moving. And then I looked down and I was did. like, oh, I'm bleeding. Uh, wow. And so that was it. That It's a very minor injury. It was, I didn't need stitches or anything. I do think they made me get a tetanus shot because I wasn't sure when my, I think I was like rusty metal. I don't even, I think I had to get a tetanus shot. The subway car was built for a 1930s movie. Exactly. And we just dragged it out, (laughs) throw it up there. Uh, (laughs) What about you, Will? I, uh, mine was not on the set. It was actually, it was such a strange story. We were, it was when we were playing basketball and I fell down playing basketball and I did something to my thumb and I thought maybe I'd either dislocated it or broken it, but I was fine. I just taped it up and moved on, but I told our teacher, David Combs, and when you then tell your teacher, you kind of trigger the the next things that happen on a set. And by that point, that with we hadn't told anybody because he wasn't allowed to do this, but Spencer had to leave for the weekend to go on a business trip. And so he was at LAX ready to get on the plane and David Combs called me and said, I have to take you, I called OSHA or whatever and I have, we have, you and your guardian have to go to the hospital and I had to tell him Spencer's not here and he said, you have to get him back and I remember they had to page Spencer in the airport and he had oh, to yeah. turn around and leave the airport. It's probably Burbank Airport, probably wasn't LAX because we lived on the street and so he literally had to leave the airport right before his flight to come and take me to the hospital for them to go, no, it's a slight sprain. And he like missed the whole, oh it was like a Fox weekend he was supposed to do um, oh, he must for have some so kind of publicity thing. And I just kept saying to him like, I did not trigger this. I'm so <laughs> sorry. Like, I'm so sorry. And he was just, he was pissed. Was so, Spencer getting paid to be your guardian? Was he getting a break no. on rent or something? Well, yeah, I think I think I was paying most of the rent, but for the Oakwood, I mean, it's not like we were living in some lavish. No, but that like, is one luxury. of those situations. Like, you know, he was inconvenienced. Like, he was yeah. technically your legal guardian for that whole first year, yeah. which is crazy because he was only twenty. 
26 maybe at the time, 25, oh, okay. if that, well, yeah, wow. I mean, yeah, so he's my brother's age. So wait, I was, yeah, it would have been 24, 25, because wow. my brother's eight years older than me. So, but yeah, I remember I had to put, like, take him out of the airport because he snuck away for a weekend, leaving me alone, which he wasn't supposed to do. And it was like, he had to come back from the airport and yeah, he was not happy. Oh man. Yep. Yep. Well, other than that, I can't think of anybody else. Thank, thank God. <laughs> uh, would you encourage your kids to become actors, writer? You have a very performative child. Wow, I'll say. I don't know what to do about it. Yeah, I really don't. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I, I mean, I can go encourage off. And... Is a, encourage is a tough word. I mean, I would say you, you I'm sure, will not discourage him from, from following his dream, I would imagine, if that, if that happens to be his dream. Uh, he said, well, I mean, a couple years ago, he said something, I mean, even on this podcast, he talked about being famous. He said something about like, wait, could I then be famous? And like, he gets really excited and I've, you know, I definitely have discouraged that idea. I've told him, I was like, Hey, here's the way I felt about being famous, man. It's not being famous, you know, isn't what you think it is. Like, it's not, I yeah. think in his mind, it's just a net positive. Just like being rich is a net positive. You could also be famous. And so I've had to sort of explain to him, you know, I mean, I don't, I don't make him feel bad, but I just explained to him how it made me feel and how I don't know if it's the goal. The same way I explained to him when he talks about wanting toys like other rich kids have or, you know, whatever. I'm always like, why do you want stuff? Like, what are you going to do with it? I mean, you want to play with the toy? Yeah. But if, you know, it's better to have an experience or a good meal or whatever. Anyway, that's what I'm always. So the same thing with fame. I'm just like, if you want to be an actor, and I have told him because I do think he is ridiculously performative. Um you know, he, I, I explained what an acting class was, and he got really excited. And the idea of improv, like, exercises, when I explained what some of them were, he was just like, but that's easy. That's fun. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you're going to love it. So I, I'm, but most of them don't start till 8 anyway. So I'm going to start him up in the fall. He'll start taking an acting class. The, the, I've seen some some parent friends of mine begin their kids with, like going right to headshots, agents, and auditions. Wow. And that was a quick way to ruin acting for them because obviously you don't get every part. And obviously that's not fun. You know, maybe yeah. it's fun. You show up for a certain commercial and they're like, hey, do this fun thing or say these funny lines. That can be fun. But really, you know, unless you get work right away, it can easily kill the acting experience. So for me, it's like Indy has to take an acting class or do a play. He, he's as expressed. He doesn't really want to do a play, but the idea of acting class where he gets to improvise or do characters. I mean, he, the kid has a whole set of characters. He has a he's whole set of voices too. as someone who does voices. He's good at them. I know. So yes, he takes these challenges. We have these conversations. I am engaging him like I did on this podcast when I had him do his dinosaur stuff. So I'm, I'm encouraging him creatively and I want him to build the right skill set. If he wants to do it, I do not want him to chase child actordom or fame or, fame. or money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Danielle, you've got two little ones. You want them to be, would you encourage the the business? I, no, I'm not encouraging the business, but here's what I'll say. I think our job as parents is to show kids how, like, oh, that the world is full of possibilities. Yes. And, yes. and then they will show you who they are. And yeah. I am not going to try and I've, he he doesn't know who that I who I am. He's three. He doesn't know what I'm known for, but he does know. Like he saw the first time he ever saw me on TV was when we just did Good Morning America, um, 
And the day before we were flying, you know, we did 90s con and we did Good Morning America. And I had told him the night before, I said, now, when I, when you wake up tomorrow, mommy's not going to be here. Daddy is going to be here with you and daddy's going to take you to school, but mommy is going to be on a plane. And he was like, okay, he really like took that in and, you know, mommy's going to work and she has to go on a plane to get there. And he's like, okay. And so then the next morning he said to Jensen, when Jensen went in there alone and he said, mommy's on a plane. And he, Jensen said, yep, mommy's on a plane. And it was the next day we were on Good Morning America and Adler was sitting on the couch and Jensen turned it on for him. And he pointed and he said, mommy? And then he looked at Jensen and he said, on a plane? <laughs> and, being on a plane, mean and, being on TV. And Jensen was like, yeah. And so I think he thinks I flew on a plane to get on TV. <laughs> and that, and that, that's, okay. that's how you get to TV. And I'm going to tell when he's ready, when he's capable of understanding, I'm going to tell him all of the things that are possible in, in, this, in the industry. And if he mm. wants to do it, then, you know, I'll probably do the same thing Ryder did. Like really try to teach him the art of it. Um, and see if that right. interests him. But I, you know, if I had my druthers, no, it would not be the life that I chose for him. But we'll see what he wants to do. I definitely think my kid, I, w- I want him to have a life in the entertainment industry. Because uh, I think he's a natural storyteller, performer. But it could be dancing, could be singing, could be, you know, the acting thing seems like kind of the easiest route in some ways. Mm-hmm. So I want to make sure that he has an awareness. He is in my wife's movie, though. He's an extra in my wife's movie. That she just And so he was on set and he actually... Got to do the slate, which is that the, was awesome. Uh, I, saw that that video. Yeah. I sent you guys yeah. that video the second it happened. So he's already felt comfortable on a set and really enjoyed it. And everybody, of course, loved having him there. So I more than anything, I want him to have that because there's a lot of great jobs in the entertainment industry. You know, like being in the art department, being sure. a grip, being yeah. a camera operator, like uh, sound. Like these are really good, lucrative jobs. DP. And they're consistent. I mean, there's great stuff. And you get to be around the magic. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like just the film industry, for me at least, what I still can never get enough of is fake snow and fake blood and all the like things we do to make our make-believe so much fun. Um, yeah, so I love all that stuff. And I just writer. want him to have that, you know, as an option for, yeah, but, yeah he is. Your a son's a performer. Yeah. I will never have to worry about it. So we can move on to the next question. (laughs) (laughs) I think we've covered all of our frequently asked questions that we got via the email. Um, We encourage you to send us more as we go. Um, You can email us at podmeetsworldshow at gmail.com. You can follow us on Instagram, podmeetsworldshow, and our website where you can buy our merch and our cute, adorable little t-shirts. Merch. Merch. Podmeetsworldshow.com. And yeah, thank you for joining us for a question and answer episode. We hope that this was interesting for you and not like a a fake episode, but we wanted to get to your questions since you guys took the time to send them to us. So we love you all. Pod dismissed. Pod Meets World is an iHeart podcast produced and hosted by Danielle Fischel, Will Friedle, and Ryder Strong. Executive producers Jensen Karp and Amy Sugarman. Executive in charge of production, Danielle Romo. Producer and editor, Tara Sudbach. Producer, Lorraine Burez. Engineer and Boy Meets World superfan, Easton Allen. Our theme song is by Kyle Morton of Typhoon. Follow us on Instagram at Pod Meets World Show or email us at podmeetsworldshow at gmail.com. This episode is brought to you by Huggies Little Movers. Listen, Huggies knows that babies come in all shapes and sizes, and so do their tushies. Especially when they start really moving. With Huggies Little Movers, you get their best-fitting diaper with its curved and stretchy fit. That's right. So no matter what kind of mover you've got, they'll feel protected and comfy while their little tushy wiggles and jiggles all around. Huggies Little Movers has curves designed to fit all baby curves, 
and helps provide up to 12-hour protection against leaks. So make the switch to Huggies Little Movers today. We got you, baby. When it comes to Pod Meets World, we're synonymous with two things. Watching our younger selves on a TV show from 30 years ago and loving Hyundai. The first ever fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5. With up to 303 mile range, available two way charging, and other category defining features, the fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5 is one of the most teched out electric vehicles ever. And as you know, we are tech heads. The standard ultra fast charging capability gives you an 80% charge in just 18 minutes when using a 250 plus kilowatt DC fast charger. And with the available two-way charging, you can charge larger electronic equipment inside and outside the car, backyard or side yard. Hyundai, it's your journey. Learn more at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. 2024 Ionic 5 rear-wheel drive has an EPA-estimated driving range of up to 303 miles. Actual range will vary with options, driving conditions and habits, vehicle and batteries condition, and other factors. Available in limited quantities and select states only. When I'm on my way to drop off the kids at school and I'm on about five hours of sleep and I haven't had my coffee yet, I'm truly one of a kind. Yeah, this sounds like the beginning of a horror movie. It is. But there is one thing I can do immediately to bring some comfort and calm to the situation and keep me moving forward. Eat Keebler Sandies. I like to think that if the good-looking guy was still around, sitting on the couch, comforting himself about not getting into college, he'd ditch the Cocoa Puffs and down some Keebler Sandies instead. Mixed with chocolate syrup? Ooh, why not? When you need a comforting moment for yourself, Keebler Sandies is the perfect treat to keep you going. Each Keebler Sandies shortbread cookie is baked to perfection by the Keebler Elves for a light sweetness and a texture that melts in your mouth. The next time you feel like you're juggling it all, reach for Keebler Sandies shortbread cookies to enjoy a simple moment of comfort. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.